Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. The biggest banking collapse since 2008. Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, Silvergate Bank, they have all crumbled and they are the three biggest US banks, all vanished within the space of one week. Amidst all this chaos, we have experienced some of the most volatile price action we have had for months. In today's call, we will be discussing exactly how Silicon Valley Bank collapsed and, more importantly, what it means for the cryptocurrency markets. Let's begin. How exactly did Silicon Valley Bank collapse, vanish within 48 hours? Silicon Valley Bank was the 16th biggest bank in the US, so not a small player by any means. Primarily, it was in the service of providing for US tech startups. And you see, during the COVID pandemic, Silicon Valley Bank was having a whale of a time. The COVID pandemic was the tech startup golden period. Tech companies did especially well providing entertainment and delivery services for the hundreds of millions of people in lockdown, stuck in their homes with nothing better to do. In fact, tech giants accounted for more than half the gains of the S&P 500. We're talking Amazon, we're talking Netflix, etc. And what did all these thriving tech companies decide to do? Well, they put all their excess cash and profits into deposits with Silicon Valley Bank. And in fact, if you were to open the share prices for Silicon Valley Bank Group, you'll see that pretty much from when lockdown started to when it lifted, there was a huge surge in stock prices reflecting what we just spoke about. So Silicon Valley Bank had a decision to make. What am I going to do with all this excess cash? I know, I'll be safe. I'll be sensible, they thought. Let's put it all into long-dated US government bonds. These are bonds that are backed by the US government, right? What could possibly go wrong? Apparently, a lot. Wind back in time here with me. When COVID first hit, the Fed were forced to slash rates aggressively to support the growth of the economy. Then, of course, when the economy started growing a little bit too fast and inflation was getting red hot, they were forced to increase interest rates, as you can see on a graph of Fed fund rates, to combat this inflation. I'm sure many listeners will remember, because it really wasn't that long ago, that we were hearing about how inflation has hit 40-year highs. Understand this next bit and you will basically understand why Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. Bonds and interest rates have an inverse relationship. So, when interest rates go up to combat inflation, bond prices go way down. And wait a minute, wasn't basically all of Silicon Valley's portfolio in long-dated government bonds? Yeah, it was. So what was the result for Silicon Valley Bank? Well, their portfolio lost a heck of a lot of value. And to help create a perfect storm, as soon as these long-dated bonds became very much less in value, tech companies also saw their profits go down because the restrictions were lifted, people were back in the real world again, and there wasn't quite the same demand for the services they were previously providing. So Silicon Valley Bank customers wanted to withdraw their deposits. To stay afloat more than anything, to manage their supply chains, to pay their employees, etc, etc. So Silicon Valley Bank, short on cash, was left with absolutely no choice but to sell their 
bonds at a big loss. So then, on the 8th of March, exactly a week ago, Silicon Valley Bank made the announcement that they need to raise close to $2 billion to stay afloat to compensate for their loss-making bond portfolio. Compensate. $2 billion. Loss-making bond portfolio. These are not words that any depositor wants to be hearing. The consequence? In just 48 hours after the announcement, we experienced the biggest bank run since the 2008 banking crisis, to the tune of $42 billion in withdrawals, outranked only by the Washington Mutual Bank run in 2008. And of course, you don't have an event of this size and see the Fed and US regulators sitting out of it. The very next day, so Friday the 10th of March, the US regulators seize the assets of the bank. So just two days after the capital raise announcement was made, we saw the collapse, the wipeout of a $200 billion bank. In an attempt to calm the markets, to keep the situation from escalating, the Federal Reserve also announced a lending program, the Bank Term Funding Program, known as BTFP, allowing banks to borrow directly from the Fed, thereby avoiding the route of having to make more loss-making bond sales because, of course, Silicon Valley Bank is not going to be the only bank out there with exposure to long-dated government bonds. It will hopefully be a part of many other banks' depository institutions' more diversified portfolio. To the Fed, the regulators were really all over trying to manage this fallout. They also said on Sunday, so just a few days ago, that they will guarantee all the deposits on Silicon Valley Bank so customers will be made whole again. Even Joe Biden, good old Joe, jumped to the scene to tell everyone that everything was okay, the situation is contained, there is no need to be concerned. So that is exactly how the collapse went down. But what does this all mean for crypto? I see three specific factors. Factor number one, a deep distress in the TradFi banking sector with potential for capital flow to crypto. Despite the Fed and US regulators' best efforts to contain fear in the traditional markets, we did see colossal shockwaves to these markets. For example, the US big four banks, Citi, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, JP Morgan, all saw huge hits to their share prices. Or, for example, First Republic Bank saw its stock plunge 60%. Very shockingly, amidst all this volatility, the shares of numerous bank stocks listed on the New York Stock Exchange were halted. So people who were trying to sell because they were concerned literally couldn't, they hit pause on trading of these stocks, something that happens in centralized markets, but of course you don't see that in decentralized markets like cryptocurrency. Not only that, but there is a serious risk of contagion. So, other banks collapsing. In fact, Credit Suisse's credit default swaps hit new all-time highs. In other words, purchasing insurance for the event of Credit Suisse's default has never been so expensive because the underlying asset in question, Credit Suisse, has never been so risky. You can think of this as insurance provided to a driver, for example. 
if the driver was very healthy person before, maybe they didn't have to pay so much for insurance on their car, but if they become a raging alcoholic, you can imagine that there's a lot more risk and that insurance is gonna get more expensive credit default swaps work the same way. And what was turmoil and panic for the stock markets turned into some of the best performance we've seen in the cryptocurrency markets for the last three months. Bitcoin went very quickly from lows of around 20k to highs of almost 26k. Many analysts therefore attribute this recent Bitcoin and crypto pump to do with capital flows from traditional finance. People are scared, they see they can't trade, they move some of their capital to the cryptocurrency markets thinking that there's better opportunity there. But the extent to which the recent crypto market rally can really be attributed to this is disputed. We should always consider other points of view as well in forming our own. For example, other factors point to the recent announcement from Binance that they're going to move $1 billion protection fund to crypto native assets. Factor number two, crypto in America has been unbanked. Our main focus in this call has been the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. But of course, within the last week or so, we've also experienced the collapse of Signature Bank and Silvergate Bank. These are the three biggest banks for crypto in the US. And therefore, they're ceasing to operate, they're vanishing, leaves many crypto enthusiasts in America unbanked. In fact, some people are saying that this was a deliberate move from US regulators against crypto. You might think I'm talking about your usual crypto, Bitcoin axes, but actually it came from a very unusual source. None other than former US Congressman Barney Frank. He's received a lot of media attention recently for saying that regulators went after Signature Bank to send a message to the cryptocurrency markets to show that crypto is toxic. Barney Frank, does that ring a bell? You might be thinking of the Dodd-Frank Act. That is to do with what is a security and therefore what is part of the US SEC's jurisdiction. So one of the most notable people in US regulation coming out and saying this. Factor number three, the significance of the road the Fed will take. There is a really quite beautiful poem by Robert Frost called The Road Not Taken, which will help us understand the Fed situation right now. This poem talks about a person let's imagine Jerome Powell, who is at a sort of crossroads wondering what path to go down. Most people think that Frost's poem is saying to go down the road less travelled, a sort of ode to non-conformity, if you like. But in actual fact, Robert Frost has told us on previous occasion that it doesn't really make a difference what road this traveller goes down. Will that be the case for Jerome Powell? Let's see. In response to all this, the Fed has one of two options. The first is what you can call a Fed pivot to bail out banks. So the Fed can hit pause on interest rates, they can keep investors calm in the short term, but of course they will further escalate long-term inflation. The Fed has already announced that it will make available additional funding to help banks stay afloat. According to Goldman Sachs and other analysts, the Fed might also hit pause or scale back somewhat on their interest rate hike regime or policy to support the economy after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. In a scenario that was almost unimaginable just a week ago, we now have a 50% likelihood that we will see no interest rate hike at the next Fed meeting, which is just in one week. The alternative, the other 50% probability, is for a much smaller 25 basis point hike. It's only when we bring in relativity though that we see just how significant this is. 
If you look at the CME group table, you will see that just one week ago, the probability of no interest rate hike was 0%. Absolutely no one was crazy enough to think that that would happen. In fact, there was a 78% likelihood of an aggressive 50 basis point hike, and now that has gone to zero. That is how much current market events have flipped the switch. A lot of people were waiting to see the recent US inflation data that came out very recently to understand how likely it becomes that we see no interest rate hikes. And actually, the inflation data shows that inflation is slowing down. And to some people, this means that the Fed has a little bit of wiggle room. So that's one path, sort of a pat yourself on the shoulder today, only to be kicking yourself further down the line. The other option is to continue interest rate hikes. Contagion fear will remain. We might see bank runs. It doesn't look like the economy is being supported, but inflation will remain on its path to healthier levels, which by the way, is usually targeted around 2%. But of course, if they continue the interest rate hikes, it's possible contagion fear in the banking sector will continue. We might see short term more fallout, more market panic. But as mentioned, inflation will be better off later down the line, hopefully. Very important statement here to understand how this will impact the cryptocurrency markets. Crypto is not tied to any particular economy or entity. It is a liquidity junkie. It longs for risk-hungry investors to get cash and on the fastest horse. Any easing of interest rate hikes will create more liquidity in the market in crypto and crypto as a risk asset tends to rally in a high liquidity environment. So it is good news for the short-term projection of crypto if we see less interest rate hikes, but if there are crippling levels of inflation in the future, no one will win. Or maybe Robert Frost is right after all, and whatever path we take, the traditional markets are doomed anyways. TLDR are the main points you should be walking away from this call with. Number one, the collapse of SVB was to do with overexposure to US government bonds. SVB's portfolio saw a heavy loss when interest rate hikes were introduced by the Federal Reserve to combat inflation and to create a perfect storm under pressure due to withdrawal requests from a dwindling tech sector clientele. Number two, recent events leave US customers very much unbanked, with SVB, Signature Bank, Silvergate Bank, why do they all start with S? Having collapsed, the three biggest US crypto banks are out of the game. Some would argue intentionally. Number three, contagion risk remains in the banking sector. There is significant fear of more collapses, more hardships. This has been depicted through plunging bank shares, halting of their trading, credit default swap prices, and much more. Number four, the significance of the Fed's decision at the next FOMC meeting. The way the Fed decides to navigate this banking crisis may lead to a short-term rally in the crypto markets if we move to a higher liquidity environment, but it might leave us much worse off in terms of inflation. These week's events were truly a powerful reminder of the importance of macro analysis.